I love that version of Amazing Grace that we just did. It was so good. And I love the fact that Patel Lopez, my friend, is here. We were doing some of the math. We've known each other like 30 30 years. years. But I know that there's probably a whole number of you that that don't know her yet. Could you just share a little bit about yourself and Juarez and, uh, and what you guys do at the Children's Home? It's so good to be here. So my name is Betel Lopez, and I come from Juarez, Mexico, Juarez, Chihuahua. I was born to a wonderful family. My father, Pastor Josue Lopez, founded a children's home for children in at-risk situations. So my entire life has kind of been about that. Um, We serve in a city like Juarez, which has been known to be like the most dangerous city in the world for you know some years. Um, but God's grace has been over Emmanuel Ministries for the 60 years that we've been there, and 30 of those we've known Chris, and it's been a blessing. Yeah, it, you just do, we're, and we'll talk about it as it goes on here, just some of the things they're, they're doing at the home. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, and it's been fun. You know, I, I knew zero Spanish other than like Sesame Street when I came <laughs> down the first time, and every year that I visit the home, I'll learn another word or two. There was the year that I learned that concha is a word that means their, their playground, their sport court area. Uh, another year I learned that the word caballo means that a kid is going to jump on your back and they're going to stay there for about an hour <laughs> as you give piggyback rides, all horseback rides all around. Um, and it's been fun too. My, my girls grew up going to the home um, from the time they were, they were born. And it was fun to watch them learn the language a little bit. I remember when Emma was just really, really little, um, she was there, and whenever we'd see the kids, we'd say, hola, hola, hola. Well, she's inside. She hears the kids outside, and she goes, hola's out there. Hola's out there. That was great. Every once in a while, I will hear a word that I recognize. Uh, You'll pray, and you'll say, amen. Amen. And alleluia. And I'm like, I know those words, (laughs) because amen is Spanish for... Amen. Amen and hallelujah, hallelujah. So every once in a while, I'll get a word right, but most of the time, I just struggle, and you've, you've seen that. <laughs> like the time that my sister and my wife both came at the same time, and I called my sister, mi esposa, and my wife, um, mi hermana, yeah, and that led to good. a whole lot of confusion, <laughs> a whole lot of confusion. Recently, though, where I'm going with all of this, recently, I learned one of my new favorite words. It might have been Bob that taught it to me. Juntos. Mm-hmm. Juntos. One of my new favorite words. It means together. 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 And if you're taking notes, I want to invite you to write this down. Juntos means together. I love that word. I love it. Um, we had our shirts, you know, that said Juntos. Yes. Dan was like, oh, we got to make a shirt that says Juntos, baby. I think that'd be an awesome shirt. <laughs> well, for about 60 years, God's been doing something very, very special on your hill. Yes. Where Emmanuel is. And it's a Juntos thing. It is. Absolutely a Juntos thing. Those of you who subscribe to our ECC mail list, I shared a couple stories about um, this very year and how we saw examples of people who grew up at the home mm-hmm. and they are, boy, just to see their lives transformed. And one of them that I shared about was Esmeralda. Can you give a little of the backstory about Esmeralda and, and even more than I was able to say in that? What so, a great story. Esmeralda came with us to Emmanuel Children's Home with his, her brother, who was older, and sister. Their mom was a single mom from El Salvador, as a matter of fact, and she was looking for a place to help her with her kids. But she, for her, it was important that, you know, it was Christ-driven, you know, that, you know, Jesus was taught there. And she found Emmanuel, and Esmeralda was 
a very interesting, very active little girl. And it's crazy that we get to see her now as an adult because we we don't want to admit that, right? It's been a few years. <laughs> We've known but, each other um, a yes, time, yeah. um, she's grown up, you know, mm -hmm. and she had sponsors, some of you that are sponsors, so you know she had a sponsor that really supported her and we, you know, prayed. But right now, Esmeralda is a lawyer and she works in the judicial system for our city. And she was just named, you know, um, given a program. She's going to start going to elementary schools, including Emmanuel Children's Home, to give talks on preventing delinquency and drug abuse and all these things. And she volunteers at Emmanuel. So now she grew up there, but, you know, like many of the kids that grew up there, they come back. This yeah. is their home. And we welcome them, you know, and like you guys, you know, every time you come back. It's amazing. So, yeah, she's I'm a strong, independent woman. woman. Now yes, she told you this. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> yes. it so great Very to cool. watch just the lives for her to have possibilities that she didn't have otherwise. Yes. And again, that's that's a together thing. Just yes. watching how partnering with her mom and with you and with these mm -hmm. other groups that that come and be a part of things. Um, it is possible to make a difference in people's lives. It is. Even in a city as as tough as Juarez. Well, today, um, why? This timing is just so good. We're launching a brand new series today. We're calling it Passing the Torch. And here's why we are having this series. There's a place to write this down if you want. If you are concerned about today's trends, you are not alone. If you're concerned about today's trends, you are not alone. This is a church that is passionate about kids. It's passionate about teens. It's passionate about young people. And the trends that we are seeing they have us really, really concerned. Not only what we're seeing in Juarez, it's interesting how much overlap there is, but, mm -hmm. but all over the place. Not just there, but right here in the northeast suburbs. And many of you, if you've been um, listening in for a while or been around for a while, you've heard us talking about this. We're seeing historic levels of anxiety and depression and self-harm. The World Wide Web, it's, it continues to entangle people in, in all kinds of new ways. Uh, we have influencers now that have more direct influence on people than has ever happened before. We have whole new, I'm going to call them categories of concern. Things that weren't even on our radar before that are now taking center stage. We're like, I don't even know what to do with this. And what's one of the challenges here is so many of our young people, they're growing that up at the time, and this makes me sad, that you guys, what you see is you see adults that don't even know how to get along anymore. It's like they divide over everything. Instead of coming together, instead of juntos, mm -hmm. instead of coming together to face these challenges, yeah. you know, we've got young people growing up, and all they see is this dysfunction of we fight over everything. You believe this, I believe that, so Let's I hate fight. you. <laughs> Let's fight. Yeah, and so instead of, again, seeing people come together. So if you're concerned about these and other trends, you're absolutely not alone, and this is a series about what can we do about that. What could we do about that? Because it's not just a suburban thing here. It's not just a Juarez thing. Mm -hmm. This isn't even a 21st century thing. So let's get into our scriptures. If you have your Bibles, let's open up. Um, this is from a real first century letter. Um, we call it 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And um, Patel is going to read that here for us. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. So if we were doing a checklist <laughs> of any of those things, would you have checked any of those boxes yeah, in Juarez? Oh, yeah. Um, how about here? Any of those? Yeah. yeah. All of them. Mm-hmm. And this, this goes back 2,000 years, this, this letter. Yeah. Yeah. So for the next few weeks, what we're going to try our best to do is have a really important conversation here. Um, how do we offer hope? How do we offer help in real practical ways to a generation that needs both? It's interesting, I, I did some background looking into this passage, and some of the different scholars, they, they said there's, there's, there's no one perfect way in English to open this section the way that he, he opened it here. You know, you could, you could use, you know, some translations, they, they say, mark this. Others, they say, know this. Others say, understand this. They're all trying to get at this whole point that Paul's trying to make, where he's, through the whole inspiration of the Holy Spirit, where he says, hey... You better come to grips with what's going to happen in what the Old Testament refers to as the old days or the last days because they're here. They're here. Paul believed they were here in his day. And they're here now. He says it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. A lot worse. The translation that Patel just read, it's technically accurate when it says, translates that there will be times of difficulty That word difficulty is technically accurate because it's a word that's an umbrella for a whole lot of difficult words. And so again, they said that that's technically accurate, the scholars said, but they said it doesn't have the punch that the Greek does. They said, you're reading the Greek, it's it's more like, in those days, they're going to be terrible. They're going to be violent. They're going to be fierce. And then you certainly saw that. I mean, not long after this, Rome is building their Colosseum. Fast forward to the Middle Ages, you've got castles. They're building in torture chambers. Go all the way to the year 2022, you know, and you've got that ridiculous Miles Teller mustache that doesn't belong on any human face. Things an atrocity, right? Can I get an amen from somebody on that? (laughs) Well, on every continent, every continent, every generation, people choose a way that seems right but leads to death. In every generation, every continent, there are people that choose a way that feels like self-love, but it's actually working against the life they long for most. It leads them down that path. It steals, it kills, it destroys the things that matter most and the life that our soul longs for. And Paul warns us, he says, in this passage, he said, don't even associate. Don't even associate with these things that aren't as they should be. Instead, what the scripture does is it, it's, it offers this choice. And, and we've got this other passage here um, from the book of Deuteronomy. We looked at a New Testament example. Let's look at an Old Testament example. These are the words of Moses where he's about to enter into this promised land. And he says, you've got a choice before you. And so let's take a look at, at that passage. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going to 
over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. You know, if you don't have a Bible at home, you can go right now to Bible.com and download a fantastic app because it's filled, the scripture's filled with so many of these truths. This one's 3,000 years old. Yeah. You know, so many of these examples of people, they, they're facing a choice. And which road are you going to take? The one that leads to life or death, blessings or curses? Get, do we ever see people that are at those kind of crossroads today? Absolutely. When I pulled up my commentaries to get deeper into this one, um, all of them, they said these covenants, this is a covenant language here, these covenants were very common in that day, that, that this is something people do. They would make a covenant. They would say, here is what we're going to do if you do this. And if you do this and we do this, here are the blessings. And if you don't keep your side of the covenant, here are the negative consequences of that. What was really interesting was one of the sources said, everybody was doing that, but this one does something that you don't find in any of the ancient literature. This one has a clause where if you fall short, there's still hope. That was really interesting. And here's, here's a quote from one of my commentaries on that. It says, unlike the treaties of the ancient Near East, the covenant as represented in Deuteronomy, it's got a forgiveness clause that offers second chances when the covenant's been violated. Repentance and recommitment to the terms of the covenant would lead to restoration. Such mercy was not, was not impossible with in other ancient treaties, but there's no example of such a possibility being explicitly included in the written document. In other words... You've got this creator who not only is initiating a covenant to say, I want to bless you. Here's how that can work. He also builds in a cause. If you fall short, what you're going to do, here's the way back home. And Paul, the one who wrote the first passage that we did, that was his experience. That was his life experience. He had gone as far away from the way of God. He thought he was a Pharisee. He thought he understood the right way. But he was actually persecuting the people of God. And he experienced that amazing grace. And so, even now, as he's writing that letter from prison, even now, as he's facing these angry mobs that are trying to do to him what he did to others, even now, as he's writing what could have been his very last letter, 2 Timothy, even now he had a faith that couldn't be shaken. He had found something that gave him so much hope that even as he is literally on death row, he says, I wouldn't trade this for anything. And I get a little choked up because um, that was your dad. Mm -hmm. That was your dad. That he was a man yeah. who was grounded in a faith like that. He, he believed this so much that when, no matter what came at him on that hill. Yeah. He stuck to it. And could, I mean, I, when we were talking earlier about this message, you mm -hmm. shared a little bit about your dad and how he was preparing you even, mm -hmm. even before you knew that's oh, what he yeah. was doing. You want to share just a little bit about that? So I, I remember being like 12 years old and I was graduating elementary school and going into junior high. And of course, I had my friends, you know, and, and I was thinking I'm going to junior high with my friends, you know. And then my dad tells me, you're going to go to school in El Paso. <laughs> And my mom is like, why? Why is she going to do that? You know, she's really young and she's going to have to. Well, because she's going to help me with the ministry and she needs to know English. 
We have always had our friends, you know, churches in the United States. Since we started, you know, this ministry was founded with an American missionary being involved. So we need to really speak the language correctly. And he would always tease himself about his kind of span English. He said, somebody on this hill needs to really understand English and needs to understand American people, and you're going to do it. So he was very intentional, you know, and I'm so grateful today because if he hadn't had that mentality, if he hadn't understood, you know, this is something that God is calling our family to do, he would have never even thought ahead and, and had me speak English, and I wouldn't be standing here today or sitting here today talking with you guys, you know. So um, many of the things that now I do and that I look at, it's incredible how much I admire my father more and more, you know, because of how he wanted to run things and how he raised us. He really understood, you know, that, you know, God was going to need our lives as well, not just his, you know, and prepared us for it. So I have a big responsibility when I think about the kids at the home. You know, how are we going to prepare them? You know, how do we, do we teach them English? We teach them the Bible? How, what do you guys come and teach them? You know, because we're doing this juntos. I'm not going to be doing this alone. So you guys need to, yeah. Uh, and some of it would be crazy. You were talking about how, like, why is he making me memorize Psalm 23 yeah. and these things? And then you'd have those seasons of your life where it's like, oh. That's all I could say. Yeah. That's all I could, That's say. All I could pray. Yeah. And I want that for the kids. I'm yeah. like, I want them to have this prayer for when time is difficult. You have to have those things. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. He was very intentional. Very intentional. About passing that torch. Yes. And for those of us who've been on um, this, this last summer series, we were nine weeks in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Chronicles. There are, I don't know if I can think of one great example of a great handoff. Even from some of these amazing people, you've got Samuel, the prophet, who First and Second Samuel is named after. This person you could hear the voice of God with great clarity. When it came time for him to pass the torch, they were like, not to your kids, not to them. And then the one that trained in um, Samuel, his name was Eli, he was the high priest. This is a guy who taught Samuel how to hear God's voice. When it came time, they were like, no way are those knucklehead sons of yours going to be the next priest. <laughs> David, the giant slayer. David, who wrote Psalm 23. Yes. He had one of his sons try to have a rebellion. And this is the thing that was very unnerving to me, is if they struggled, what hope is there for us, right? What hope, especially in a world like this? And that's the, the next thing we invite you to write in your notes. You know, how do you inspire and equip people who don't want our help? How do you do that? And it was really interesting. You, you were talking a little bit about this, how for the first time that you can remember, there are people... Who you, you look at their situation, you're like, they need help, but uh -huh. they don't they don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want the rules, they don't want what comes with it. You know, they they want the help on their own terms, you know, but yeah. when you offer the incredible love and acceptance, yeah. it's like, uh, I don't like the other part. <laughs> so yeah. it, what do you do? You know, it's it's yeah. one of my big questions. Right, right. That's and the, the needs in that city are just, they yeah. continue to explode. And you, then you have all the immigrants coming up, too, who are like, they're, they're, they've got almost nothing. And it's insane. After COVID, yeah. you know, you, we, we were praying for people to want to come and, and be part more. But after COVID, yeah. the city has uh, 
in Juarez, we are seeing a lot more cases of sexual abuse with minors and a high, high percentage of domestic violence, you know, and people are not reaching out. They're not saying, okay, I need help. I know, we can like, keep you I, safe at this home yes. while you're working in the factories and all. Yep, yep. Yeah. You know, it, I, as so many thoughts are coming to me as I was getting ready for today, and one of them, I remembered a conversation that I had with somebody. They used to attend our church, and um, they were moving. And before he moved, he said, can we get together? I just want to talk. And we we're talking. And he works at Team Challenge. And he said, you know, Chris, I just want to say that your mission field is harder than mine. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because he, he works with these people who they are, they are only there because they've hit rock bottom. Their addiction has so overcome them that they are, they've checked into this place that, you know, in this situation, he's working with ones that can't leave. He said, no, it's harder because at least the people I work with realize they've hit rock bottom. Yeah. And Jesus told a parable about that, didn't he? Jesus said, you know, there's, there's this seed that goes out, this truth that goes out. And if it falls on shallow soil, it won't take root. Yeah. And think of how people right now are being trained to think shallow. Yeah. In fact, they tell us, don't even do a message like this because it's too long, no one pays attention, right? <laughs> Which may be true, I don't know. But... Yeah. But we're being trained to only think in terms of sound bites. And then he also said that, Jesus said, you know, there's seed that goes out. And if there's all of these worries of wealth and, and how busy we are and all these things, it chokes, it chokes that seed as it's trying to grow. I'm like, that is every life I know in the northeast suburbs. And, he's a story, and Jesus told that story 2,000 years ago. It's as true today as it, as it, as it was then. Yeah. It's never been easy to pass the torch. Never been easy, especially when people think that they don't want what you're offering. Yeah. This was really helpful. Um, timing is always so fun. I was reading a book um, this, this, just this week, and I learned something about iPhones that I'd never heard before. I'd certainly heard the famous you know, uh, launch that, that, that Steve Jobs did with the iPhone, where he said, I'm going to introduce these three devices, you know, this revolutionary new internet Device that, that, that's never been before. This new touchscreen iPod and this revolutionary new phone. And then as the thing went on, it's like it's one device. And everyone's like, what? And if you remember, 2007, there was nothing like the iPhone. It changed everything. Here's what I didn't know. Did you, the Microsoft CEO at the time, when he saw that device come out, he goes, and, and I even wrote down the quote. He says, Quote, there is no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. <laughs> no chance. And just what, what, a decade later, they have like 10 times the sale of all of Microsoft. Yeah. And then this one, they're one of the top advertising companies on the planet, surveyed people all over the world. And, and in, in America, Germany, Japan, 70% of people said, I would never buy that. Why would I want... <laughs> to put all of this on one device. They said that because they had never seen it. They said it because they've never tried it. They said it because I think I know what it's going to be like, and it's not something that I would like. How many people do you know Christianity is like that? They have an idea of what it is, especially a lot of the young people. They've been told what it is, and what they've been told and what it really is are two different things. People don't want to buy into something often that they don't understand. And that's what brings us to our next talk point. Most people have yet to see what this fallen world will one day be. 
You remember your dad used to talk about kingdom of God mm -hmm. a lot, all a the lot. time. And that's what you guys and tried to do. Yeah, our responsibility to make it happen. To make it happen. Yeah. So that's what we're going to pick up starting next week. You know, when people see us, when they see how we live, when they see how we treat one another, when they see our hearts, do they see something that inspires curiosity? Are we shining and are we welcoming? And then the week after, that very week, we're going to look at one of the most successful handoffs. We read this one from Paul on purpose because this, he, his handoff from Paul to his churches, one of the most successful handoffs in all of history. And then the week after that, we're going to look at the Moses to Joshua handoff. And what I really like about that one, we're going to look at how that one is about equipping and entrusting. That is such an excellent example of those two things. And then in the final week of the series, we're going to look at something that Jesus taught us about we can learn from the younger generation. Do the older generations have blind spots of our own? Can I get an amen to that? We do, don't we? And we need to learn from you guys as well. That's part of this whole thing too, part of passing the torch. So what if people, when they saw us, whether it's us working at partnerships across borders, us working together right here, what if when they saw us, they saw something different that made them say, maybe I do want more of that. If you're taking notes, we're getting close to the end here. I invite you to write this down. The name Emmanuel means, does anyone know? God with God us. God with us. God with us. God the, with one us. of the beautiful things about this is that if we're following the way of Jesus, we're not talking about a program here. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the way of Jesus. It, Jesus is with us in this. God is with us in this work. When we're doing this, when we're unpacking this, Christ himself, he said, I'll be your head. You guys are like a body. I'm in this. And we're going to do our best to make this, these next couple weeks as practical and helpful as we can. We're going to challenge everyone of us to grow in these ways. On the front of your bulletin, we wrote these. We'll put them up on the screen. I think it's also in your notes. We want to help everybody when it comes to shining, welcoming, equipping, entrusting, and learning. Yes. All so, you know, when, when you guys come, come to the children's home, I know people are seeing the shine. You know, I know... And we need to shine more brightly. We need to welcome more warmly. You know, we need to equip more effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to entrust. You know, I know for our kids, they want to know, how do I do this? You know, young people can use their gifts and their talents. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of space to do that there. You know, their personalities are such a joy for us to be able to, you know, mm -hmm. enjoy them and learn from them. And, yeah, I mean, sometimes we think too much of ourselves and we think we know everything, you know. Like when my kids were 17, I know everything, Mom. And <laughs> now I'm coming to realize, you know, you don't know everything, but I don't know everything either. You know, let's, let's do this together. Yeah. Again, juntos. Yeah. It can juntos. be easier, you know, juntos. because yep. everybody has different perspectives and capacities to learn. So we all need to be open to yeah. Old and young and everybody. And I want to speak specifically to you know, kids, teens here, and, and any of you that are watching. This isn't just about us passing the torch. This is you right at your age doing the same. Because you have something to give to those who are following after you, and you have something to give to us as well. I mean, we're the church of today. You guys are the church of today tomorrow. and tomorrow. Yeah. Both of those things. So this, you know, this last talk point is for all of us, every age. Let's shine. Let's welcome. Let's entrust. Let's learn together. Let's do that together. Let's help people see it. Let's help people experience it, this whole life that God invites us into. And again, we're going to have all kinds of very practical ways in the next weeks of how you can juntos with us. What, what we want to do today, though, is we want to give you just the big picture opportunity to say, I'm in. I'm in. 
This is important work. We, yeah. we cannot be, because er, there's so many people already doing this, we cannot be people who just sit around going, yeah, somebody should do something. <laughs> somebody should do something. Mm -hmm. Let's do something. Let's continue to do something, right? So if you want to say you're in, what a great day to do that, because we, we're going to be commemorating um, a real event that we call um, Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. um, and when we commemorate this moment, we commemorate a real event that's described here in First Corinthians. You want to yeah. share that? The Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, and he comes. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. There's so much um, that the Bible doesn't say about sacrament or Holy Communion. It doesn't prescribe a specific age. It doesn't prescribe a specific method. And it doesn't prescribe a specific type of bread or wine. But here's something that the Bible does say. In 1 Corinthians 11, 27-28, let a person examine himself. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. First Corinthians eleven twenty eight. So we can all do that. Absolutely. You know, Jesus didn't say somebody should do something. <laughs> yeah. He did something. He stepped in. He showed us. He lived these things. And then he said, Now be the somebody, right? Do as mm -hmm. I've done. So that's what we're inviting you to do. And as Patel said, um, you know, if you can sincerely pray these prayers that we're about to pray. Mm -hmm. The only one that's going to keep you from the Lord's table is you. So those of you who are right here, there won't be any ushers. Um, as we sing these songs, we'd invite you, if, as the Lord leads, to come up and, and participate with us. Um, and those of you at home, if you've gathered your, your, um, your elements, time to stop mask, multitasking. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's have this moment here together. Amen. together. So we invite you to pray these prayers with us, whether you're right here in this room and those of you also um, wherever it is that you are. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, to whom all hearts and minds are open and all desires are known, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may more perfectly love you and more worthily magnify your holy name. We confess that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. We are not worthy for these gifts which we are about to receive, but say the word and we will be made clean. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and invade our minds and our hearts in fact, not invade. We invite you. We ask you to come in and, and, and help us to think thoughts that are of you and to, to have hearts that are open to that which you want to do because there's a world that needs to see it. So starting right here, right now with us, Father, we, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, cleanse us from unrighteousness, show us the ways where we've been walking down paths that we shouldn't be on, and, and thank you that you cheer us on as we come home. You give us that big hug. You welcome us. So Lord, bring to mind that which we should leave behind 
so that we can follow you and make a real difference in your world. And now, Father, we join our voices one more time together in this prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.